Hi, I'm Casey Sharperson, international speaker, brand strategist, and author of the book, Dream Build Repeat, Harness Fear to Confidently Pursue Your Biggest Dreams. Here on the Dream Build Repeat podcast, you'll find honest conversations on how to build the successful, joy-filled life of your dreams through both strategy and inspiration. We'll talk about faith, business, career, and everything in between. Ultimately, I want you to know that you're not alone, you don't have to have it all figured out, and that your dreams are valid. I believe that you're here for a reason, and I'm so glad you are. Let's go. So I love sports. I personally love sports. Um, well, let me, let me clarify. When I say I love sports, I love watching shows about sports without actually watching the sport. Does that make sense? It's like watching 30 for 30. You know, I like to hear the stories of the people so that way I can now determine who I'm rooting for. You know what I mean? Like if I'm rooting for the underdog, if I'm rooting for the one that has like the best life story, that's how I choose my teams. So um, one thing that I've noticed is that when you watch these shows or even after um, a particular sporting event and, you know, they're asking, the reporters are saying, you know, how did you do? What was that like? How did you make that game-winning shot, right? One of the things that people will say, they'll say, oh, yeah, I had great coaching. My team was really awesome. I've been practicing forever. One thing that they don't say is they don't say, well, I don't know how we won the Super Bowl. I don't really know. I barely practice. Like, I don't have a good... They don't say those sorts of things because they had a strategy, right? Like, they had a plan of action. They knew that they were playing this sport in order to get a certain result. And so they had a winning strategy. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. How do we have a winning strategy in the faith, in the kingdom, as we walk throughout this life? And so today, our focus is going to be on Exodus 17. The key scriptures are going to be 8 through 13. But if you were here, if you could think all the way back to September 2020, I actually taught on the beginning of Exodus 17, where we saw Moses uh, bring water from a rock. Does anybody remember that? I see some familiar faces that might have been here. I see some head nods. And uh, one of the cool things about that story is we can see how God is so faithful. We could see that even as the Israelites were wandering through the desert and they needed water and there wasn't a well or a lake or anything, a stream near them. And so God provided water through an, um, a different means, right, from a rock, from someplace that you wouldn't typically get water. So that was the beginning of Exodus 17. Um, and now we're entering into this space where, again, the Israelites are wandering through the desert on their way to the promised land. We know that they had an extra long journey, right? They didn't have um, they didn't have everything that they needed, so they took a little extra time, 40 years. But anywho, they're getting a little closer, and now they have, um, they're getting closer, and they have this opportunity. They say, okay, we can see the promised land. We're getting close, but there's an obstacle before we get there. And that's where we see the Amalekites. Um, and the Amalekites are there, and they're wanting to fight. And these are people who are very intense. They've been training for this for their whole lives. They pillage and plunder and steal for fun, right? So now the Israelites are coming up against these warriors, and the Israelites are not warriors. Again, they've been wandering for four years. They have not been building an army. 
So they're at this really um, challenging place where they know that they need to get somewhere, but they have a major obstacle in front of them. And what we're going to talk about today is a winning strategy, and we're going to take some lessons from Moses. As we look at Exodus 17, feel free to read along with me, verse 8. And it says, The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. We'll, we'll say that's right. Um, Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with a sword. I love this passage of scripture for so many reasons. I remember the first time I heard it several years ago, I'm like, wait, this is in the Bible? Like, where has this been hidden, right? So that's what I love so much about teaching the Old Testament because there's so many little nuggets in there that are so incredibly applicable to today. So we can gather three elements of a winning strategy that Moses, uh, that Moses showed us in this passage. And so the first thing that we notice is that there was a promise. There was a promise. And we know that the promise was that the Israelites were going to get into the promised land, which also means that they were destined to win whatever obstacle was in front of them, right? And it's so important that whenever you're facing a challenge, whenever you're facing uh, something where it comes in front of you and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, we also have to know that we have a promise. We have a promise, a vision, a goal from God, and anytime we have that, we are guaranteed success, amen? But Moses had a promise, and he had a vision, and he had a goal. So once he now stepped in front of the Amalekites and said, we're going to have to fight these people, what am I going to do, right? But how do you know when you're getting close to the promise, if you haven't yet identified and you don't have a clear vision? It's just like at the very beginning when I talked about sports. When you're going into a game, you know that you have a goal of winning the game. But sometimes you get even more specific. And let's do another sport, running, for example. I used to run cross-country and I ran track. And you have a goal of finishing, right? Then you have a goal of winning. But then you also might have another level-up goal of, you know what, I want a PR. And I'm I'm seeing some head nods. People are like, I know what that means. (laughs) That means that you want to get a personal record. You want to beat yourself. Yes? And so it's in the same way as we are going on our Christian walk that we just want to get better and better and better. And our PR, our goal is Jesus. Our goal is to get more and more like Jesus. Every single interaction, every time we come up against um, an obstacle, every time we have a choice, whether we quit or whether we fight, whether we keep going or whether we give in. So you have to have a promise, a vision, or a goal. We see that Moses had that. In fact, 
he even said in verse 9 that he's going to go to the top of the hill with a staff in his hands. And this is really important because in the very beginning of Exodus, we see that this is the same staff that was used as a vessel to bring water from a rock, right? And so he said, my vision of what he said is, all right, I've got something that's worked before. I've got my faith. And what I do know is that if God can bring water from a rock, if God can bring something from nothing, he can do the same thing in this situation. So anytime you step into a new struggle, you know that you have the same God. So if you step into a new struggle with the same God, that means that you are guaranteed the same success that you got the last time. Amen? Amen. Amen. The second thing that we see, an element of a winning strategy, is that Moses had a posture of praise. He had a posture of praise. And we see that in verse 10, where Moses Aaron and her went to the top of the hill. And so there's a difference between if you're in war, if you're down here with everybody else, or if you have the opportunity to get higher. This is a battle plan, a battle strategy. The higher you are, the more you can see. When you have a different perspective, a higher perspective, an elevated perspective, you can now see other things that are going on rather than when you're just down here. So in faith, when you have an elevated perspective, that means that you're going up and you're saying, okay, God, I don't understand because I'm here in the thick of it. How can I get a heavenly strategy? How can I have another perspective to see, God, how are you working things out for good? Because when you're in the midst of a struggle, isn't it hard to look around because you're like, oh, I don't know how this is going to work out and everybody else is struggling next to me, right? Versus if you get higher, an elevated perspective, you now have the opportunity to see things differently. And it reminds me, I actually had an opportunity to go skydiving. I know. It's kind of, I know. It was excellent. But it was really cool because, again, I had only been down here on the regular, regular plane, right? And in the moment that you get really high up in the air, you can see roads, and you can see all of this different, um, the different views on how everything comes together. And I just envision that, you know, as humans, we're looking around, and we're saying, God, I don't know why I didn't get this job. I don't know why this relationship didn't work out. But then if we get a heavenly perspective, God says, yeah, this didn't work out so that this could work out so that you could be in position here and then everything's going to be interconnected and it's all going to go together in the fabric of your life, but you can't see it because you're down here and I need you to come up here to an elevated perspective. So Moses had a posture of praise. He got up to a space where he could now have a vantage point. And the next thing he did in verse 11 was he lifted up his hands. And this is something that we do in certain spaces. We do it when we're excited. We do it when we're at a sporting event. We do it somewhere, maybe when we're dancing, if you're anything like me, you know, automatically a hand goes up because that means this is my jam. So in the same way, I envision that Moses was up there like, all right, God is doing his thing. We're winning. And he looked around. He's like, all right, my arms are tired. And let me just like shake them out, right? I need to loosen my arms up, and then all of a sudden, the Amalekites started winning. He's like, well, that's odd. Puts his hands back up. All right, Lord, I need you to come through. 
they start winning again, and then his arms lower, and the Amalekites start winning. And I envision that he said, oh, I think there is a tie here. I think there is something tied to the fact that when my arms are up, I can see that we are winning, and then when I lower my arms, the Amalekites start winning. And so um, for us, I envision that God wants us to see that we can praise regardless, right? And, and I envision that, that when we're going through things, right, and you're excited, and you're like, all right, life's going great, and then life gets hard, and you go, Jesus, help me out. We are like laid out on the ground. Lord, help me. Please help me. And then God comes through, and we're like, okay, cool. Thanks so much, God. I'm just keep on doing my thing. And he's like, uh, wait, so you only, you only praise me and pray to me when things are going bad? Come on now. So this is what, <laughs> this is uh, the vision. Again, this is how I read my scripture, right? And so um, we see here that Moses, when his arms are raised, they begin to win. And the posture of praise is that regardless of what's going on, even when things are bad, when things are good, when things are in between, we can still have a posture of praise at every single moment. So you can be in that position at any time, but also uh, we find that could probably be uncomfortable, right? Because Moses' arms were growing tired, and it's much easier to rest and to kind of let your arms relax and do all those things. And so what we can find that praise might be uncomfortable. It might be um, inconvenient, but any time that we want some um, unconventional miracles, some miracles, some signs, some wonders. There might be some things that we do that are uncomfortable. And that discomfort might really take you into your destiny. So let's get uncomfortable. Let's raise our arms. Let's get into whatever our posture of praise in and let's stay there as a personal challenge. You can take that personal challenge today. The third element of a winning strategy that we can see is, and I love alliteration, so y'all know that I have another word that starts with P, okay? So we already had a promise. We already had a posture of praise. I'm really on this, okay? And then the third item is we have a posse. I know. I was just like, really, this word? Okay. So a posse, a posse or people, you know, also fine, but I like the A. Anywho. So you can have a posse. And what I love about Moses is that he went up to the top of the hill with Aaron and her, and he went with these two, and they supported him. So even as his arms got tired, we can see this in verse 12. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. How many of you have people that will sit in the trenches with you, that will hold your arms up when your arms can't take it anymore, that will carry your tears the more that you cry about this thing, those people that will get in the trenches with you when things are hard. Moses, who saw the face of God, needed people. Moses who was used as a vessel to split seas, to bring water from rocks. He is holy, but he too needed people. And I wonder how many of us have gotten to the point where we say, oh, you know what, I'm in such a great place with God. 
I don't really need other people. You know what I mean? Like, I, nobody else is just, they can't hear from God like I can hear from God, right? Have we ever gotten to a space where we are so self-sufficient that we can't lean on people for support, that we can't lean on people for help? And I'm not talking about y'all. Maybe I'm just talking about me because I personally, my friends have been like, um, Casey, are you ever going to ask for help? And I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm good. And they have checked me, okay? So in that same manner, <laughs> if you do not ask for help, if you do not have a posse, if you do not have people that will lift up your arms or that you will show some vulnerability and allow your arms to be lifted, this is your wake-up call. Amen? So... A posse, these are people that, again, are going to get in the trenches with you. And these are people that will support you when it's hard, people that will see an area of your life and they'll step in and support you. And these are God-honoring relationships. You know, the past year, year and a half, my mom has gone through various health challenges. And uh, my, my friends, my posse, people here, uh, we have received cards and prayers and all different sorts of support. I had a friend of mine that asked my mom, she said, if you're not okay with losing your hair, she said, I will cut mine off and make a wig for you. And she was serious, okay? So, like, these are, these are people. When you have people in your life that will sacrifice with you, sacrifice for you, it's powerful, it is so powerful. And so these elements of a winning strategy where you have a promise and you hear from God, you have a posture of praise, which is continuous, ever building, ever progressing, and you have a posse to support, we can see that success, that winning is inevitable. And that winning might look different than what you anticipated. It might take longer than you thought. But in the end, winning is guaranteed when you are in the kingdom. And we talked about even at the very beginning of service, James, um, my dad read the scripture, and James is, is a book about suffering, right? And people would think that even as you suffer, that there isn't a win on the other side, but there is always, always guaranteed success in the kingdom. It might just come in a different package than you anticipated. So my prayer for you all today is that you employ a winning strategy, a winning strategy where when things get hard, when things are challenging, when they don't work out the way that you expect them to, that you consider these three Ps. They're very easy to remember, and you're never going to think about the word posse the same again. And this winning strategy is something that, um, that God allows all of us to have. Anybody who is a part of the kingdom, anybody who has accepted Jesus into their heart has the opportunity to win. And so my prayer for you today is that you experience winning in this winning season. Thank you so much for tuning in. Did you know that all the resources mentioned today can be found in the show notes on caseysharperson.com slash podcast. That's a great place for you to connect with me and the incredible guests that you get to meet on the show. Then make sure that you subscribe anywhere that you're listening to this podcast. That way you'll never miss an episode. If you happen to have iTunes, could you do me a quick favor and leave a review? It'll take just 30 seconds and it would mean so much to me. 
I also want to invite you to share this episode with anyone, and I do mean anyone, who needs a little encouragement, motivation, or clarity as they pursue their big dreams. You never know how that simple act can change someone's day. These are just two quick and easy ways to get this message out to more and more people around the world. Until next time, make sure to go after your dreams. I believe in you and the world needs your brilliance.